want to share with you that, like a lot of us during the pandemic, my niece adopted a pet, in her case, a standard poodle named Tootsie. And just a few weeks ago, Tootsie's mother came up for adoption. This poor dog, after producing dozens of litters of puppies, Tootsie's countless <laughs> siblings, this weary mother was allowed to retire. And my sister and niece moved swiftly to adopt her themselves, thrilled at the idea of reuniting mother and daughter. And Tootsie's mother's name, Naomi. Learning this, my sister and I burst out laughing and blurted out to each other the famous words from the book of Ruth, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. You've heard the rest so beautifully read by Alan this morning. And in the case of Tootsie and Naomi, it has come to pass. Now not one, but two big, black, rambunctious, and highly intelligent standard poodles live together on a small ranch in the California countryside, a kind of dog heaven. So why did my sister and I so readily repeat those lines from the book of Ruth? Well, the reason is because we've heard them at many weddings. We use this, where you go, I will go, message to celebrate the bond between marriage partners when really the book of Ruth is a story of the deep affection between Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And I love this story anytime women in the Bible get speaking parts, I'm all ears, ready to hear their take on the ancient world. No one knows, really, who wrote the book of Ruth or when exactly it was written. Many believe, though, and I love this, that a woman wrote it because the story captures so well the intimate connection between two women, two women who had no apparent source of power in the world, and yet they find a way to survive and thrive and even change history. It starts out, though, with a very sad story without much sign of thriving at all, forced by famine to leave their home in the small then town of Bethlehem. Ironically, Bethlehem means house of bread, but there was no bread to be had during that drought. Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and their two sons flee to the neighboring country of Moab, Jordan today, becoming themselves refugees. And still today, drought and famine and war stalk the poor causing many to become refugees across the world. We know this. Imagine losing everything you own and everyone you knew. This kind of dislocation and lostness some of you have experienced in your own lives. And any of us who's ever lived far from home, we've at least tasted those feelings of loneliness and fear 
that come with relocation. Now, Naomi and her family try their best to make a life for themselves in Moab, but almost instantly, the father of the family, Elimelech, dies. The sons marry Moabite women, and ten years pass, and then both sons die as well. Tragedy strikes again and again. First Naomi's husband, then the boys. Imagine the grief and utter despair that Naomi and her two daughters-in-law must feel. The personal loss is huge, and the loss of safety in the world, because in those ancient times, women had no social standing of their own. They were defined by their father, and then after that, their husband, and if they lost their husband, then, then their sons. And so when Naomi loses all the men in her family, She's left unmoored and unprotected. And so Naomi and her son's wives, the, the widows, they must decide where to go and what to do. And that is the heart of today's story. What to do in the wake of all of that uncertainty and loss. And we know how hard it is to think straight when we are grieving. Naomi decides to return home to Judah, and both young women want to go with her. But Naomi says, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. And even though I thought, even if I thought there were hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? If the girls go home, they may have a chance to marry again, is what she's saying. So sadly, though, Naomi has no ability to offer a future to these young women. And on hearing this, Orpah and Ruth weep, and Orpah says goodbye. But Ruth clings to Naomi, saying, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. And then come the beautiful lines we hear at weddings. But here, telling the story of a tender-hearted young woman committing herself to the mother figure she respects and loves. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be burned. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. Hear that? Ruth seals before God her bond to Naomi. To me, stirring this much love, this kind of bond, in this moment in the story, all these two women have in the whole world is each other. And these two, Naomi and Ruth, take small, blind, uncertain steps into a very uncertain world. Yes, Naomi's move, moving back home, but what will home be like after all these years and all 
her suffering. Will the new order in Judah have a place for her? Will she and Ruth survive? Sounds familiar, doesn't it, this returning from exile? Our bishop was talking about it with us last week. For us, right now, as we slowly take steps to return to life and try to understand how we fit and how the world has changed, not that the pandemic has ended, I'm not saying that, but as it gradually, I pray, diminishes. And even though we don't know when the writer of the book of Ruth put ink to parchment, scholars say probably 2,500 years ago when the people of Judah were returning home after living in exile in Babylon. After living as exiles in a foreign land, they journeyed home and they were wondering, is there a place for me now? Is God still with me? How will it be? What will I find? Trauma comes from exile, but trauma comes too from return. It haunts our return to a new old way. Yet Ruth, despite her suffering and fear, courageously embraces her love of Naomi and stakes her hope there. And from this small seed of hope, amazing things happen. Something amazing is building between these two women that they cannot yet see. What is building? Oh, only that Ruth will find a husband, another great story, have a child, Obed, the apple of grandmother Naomi's eye, and Obed will have a son, Jesse, who will have seven sons, including David, eventually become, the, become King David, only that Ruth, after all of her suffering, becomes no less than the great-grandmother of the future king of Israel. And if that isn't enough, we're told elsewhere that Jesus himself is descended from David, so Jesus is descended from a Moabite widow. The message here is that no matter who we are, or what we're going through, if we have faith, God will not abandon us because God offers us a love unbreakable. And coming to believe in this one God instead of the, the many gods of her childhood, Ruth shows how God is with us in our trauma, in our grief, and with us to light away forward because we are actually part of a long long line of people like Ruth who find themselves entering an unfamiliar world and asked to make brave risky choices so what brave risky choices are you being asked to make right now? Our friend the monk Jim Woodrum says, I love it, he just happened to write about this this week, he said, we cannot fully know the mind of God and the accomplishment of God's will, but that's okay, he continues, all you or I need 
to ask God in prayer is, what's the next right thing? And then do that one thing. I like this message. We don't have to see a grand plan opening up before our eyes. What's the next right thing? Do that next thing. And as we enter this post-exilic life, similar but not the same to the way things used to be, ask God when you pray day by day, what is your next right thing for me? And God will move you and use you like God moves and uses Naomi and Ruth. And here's a test to know if your brave and risky choice that you think you're hearing from God truly is pleasing to God. And this one comes from Gordon Cosby. And he says, ask yourself this. Do my actions look like love? Put that on your fridge, under your pillow, as your screensaver, on your phone, and ask yourselves multiple times a day at key decision points in this post-exile period and throughout the many years of your life to come, do my actions look like love? love because when they do the world starts to move amen <laughs>